Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is January the 15th, 2015. And, of course, we're getting ready to kick off the Music City Open today. So I have the uh, tournament director, Mr. Steve McDonald, on the line. How are you doing, Steve? Hi, David. I'm doing fine. We're really busy here, and as you probably know, but uh, glad that, glad you had us home. Absolutely. So uh, give our listeners a little bit of a background. Uh, how long has this been going on? This is the 28th annual Music City Open. It started out as the Music City Nine Ball Open, but when the uh, club changed ownerships about five years ago, they changed it to the Music City Open. Okay, okay. And uh, the original tournament director was Dick Gatton, and he ran it for many years. Sadly, Dick passed away. And then uh, Scott Smith, he worked at the uh, for the Camel Pro Billiard Series for years. He ran it for a number of years, and I worked as his assistant. That's how I got him involved in it. And then I think Mike Janis from the, the Viking Tour stuff, he, he ran it one year, and I helped him. And then uh, I took over. This is my ninth year to run this event as tournament, head tournament director. Okay. So you've been around the block a couple of times. You know, you know the deal. Um, how many players is it, is it uh, is it limited to a certain field? Yeah, we have we do the open division. We take 128 players, and I think we're going to fill it up because I think there's only about 10 spots left as of right now. We're trying to get those full. Uh, we have a 48 field for the ladies, and that is full last year, and we expect it to be full this year. They will start uh, on Friday night. That's tomorrow night. And uh, then we do a Midnight Madness on Saturday night. Starts, we try to start at about 10 p.m., and uh, it will go till about 5 o'clock in the morning. It's a, it's a big $500 entry fee. Only your top players get in it, and it's a race to 11 single elimination, and uh, it goes uh, eight players, and normally we get so much interest, we have to expand that and do a 16-player field. Mm, okay. So it's, cool. a, it's a very exciting event. The fans love that uh, single elimination and that, that bigger money fo- format right there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But that kind of makes it tough because the guy that wins Midnight Madness, he has to come a lot of times right back on Sunday and play at, at noon or one. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. tough acting for the players. Yeah, yeah, that'll uh, give you the red eye for sure, staying up all night do, <laughs> doing that. But I bet yeah. they love it. I bet they love it, man. That's good stuff. So um, anything new and different this year, or is it? Uh, are we just running the same uh, situation that you've done in past years? Yeah, it's pretty much the same format. Uh, we did expand it last year to 48 ladies. Uh, we had had a couple of years where we, we filled up 32 and actually had some players uh, fly in that didn't get in in time, and they got shut out. So oh. we encourage people, if you want to play in this, you better sign up early. Yeah, so There's no guarantees that you'll get in if you try to come in and just uh, enter on the, the day of the event. Right, right. So, uh, But we, we played the event on diamond uh, seven-foot bar tables. The whole room is a diamond room. I, I actually work for diamond. And so I do uh, the tournament directing and sales stuff for them at Derby City and other events also. Okay. So okay. I've uh, 
gotten a lot more involved with pool since I took early retirement. Excellent. So you guys, it's a whole room full of diamonds, huh? Yeah, there's 30, uh, 30 or 31 tables in here total. Ooh, wow. And I use 19 of them for the event. The rest of them are for uh, matching up. There's three nine-footers, um, and there's always action on those. They had a big bank ring game in here last night that was uh, quite exciting. After our mini tournament, we had a full field 64-player mini tournament last night. And uh, John Gabriel won that, Nick Hickerson the second. And uh, Sky, Skylin, or Skyler, Stephen Skyler Woodward, the new young gun, 21 years old. This is his first time here because he just turned 21, and he must be 21 to come in this club. Ah, and yes. And he finished third in the, uh, the mini tournament last night. So we're, we're looking for uh, big things from him this year. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Now that he's old enough to get into some of these venues that, that he could not get into before, I'm expecting that we're probably going to be seeing a little more of him around the around the place, that's for sure. Absolutely, and, and this has always drawn a tremendous field. I mean, Nick Varner's won this thing several times. Uh, Johnny Archer, uh, Buddy Hall's never won it. He's come in second a time or two. Uh, I mean, it's just an honor to have guys like that come and play in this event. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, all the young guns. I, I know Cliff Joyner's here, uh, Richie Richardson, a lot of these uh, road, what I call road players. Yeah. Uh, you've got young guns, uh, Justin Bergman, Justin Hall, Danny Smith, uh, Shannon Murphy, a lot of those guys yeah. are here. Um, it's just a tremendous field of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's kind of a warm up. It's kind of it's kind of a warm up for Derby City. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I've got to, we're we're a two hour drive south of uh, Louisville area, and so a lot of these players come here. They play uh, this event and get in you know a lot of action stuff uh, in the front and the back side of the tournament, and uh, and then head right on up to Louisville next week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I know I know they're having a fight night. Uh, excuse me, a fight night here. Uh, Ray Hansen, who does the PoolActionTV.com, exactly. streams this thing live. Yeah. And he's doing a fight night Monday and Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. It'll be a $10,000 match between Jonathan Hennessy and Chris Barkley. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, on this same show this evening, we have an interview with both of those gentlemen coming up here in a little while, so you guys are going to have to stay tuned for that. It's, oh, absolutely. It's good stuff. That'll be a great event also. Yeah. It really is. Well, you know, um, I, you know, is you guys have a, a website set up? Is that correct for the uh, for inform for more information on it? Yes, the poolactiontv.com. Okay, uh, it's live streaming, and then Ray has uh, uh, live charts. You know, uh, real time charts. Right, as, right. As soon as we can get them updated, <laughs> they'll be real time charts. Right. The tournament starts and. and is and that's the first year we've actually had that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Professor Cuball, uh Magazine, on his website, he also, I, I report for him, and he also does uh, the results and stuff. Okay, okay. I didn't know that you that you yeah. guys were friends. I know him also. That's good. Yeah, Paul Franklin. Yeah. Fantastic fella. And, and yeah, we always cover this event in his magazine, and he, he puts it on his website. Excellent, excellent. All right. Is there anything else that we, uh, as the listeners, need to know other than to get in the car and get on over there? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. Uh, I can tell you, it, this place on Friday and Saturday night, tonight, of course, we're going to kick it off, but on Friday and Saturday night, it is standing room only. This place will be packed. Yeah. Heels. And it's an event. That's, uh, it's an unforgettable event. And it's an honor for me to get to run it and to, and to work with such talented pool players. Sure. I bet it is. I bet it is. I imagine it's for as much work as as it is. I'm sure it's also a lot of fun too. Absolutely, yes. It's a lot of work, but uh, like I said, if I didn't enjoy it, you wouldn't do it. And yeah, so, uh, but but I'm just glad to be part of it. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for taking the time to talk with us. I'm gonna go ahead and get out of your hair because I know that you've got some a lot of stuff to do uh, in the next couple of days here. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, the best of luck to you with the event. Okay, David, I appreciate you uh, calling and having us on. And uh, again, thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. All right. We will talk to you again soon, sir. And I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So what have we got this week, Scott? Well, I'd like to ask you a personal question, Randy. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about the history of the uh, Billiard Congress of America instructional program and your involvement with it. Wow. You know, I go back a long way. Um, I started with the BCA in 1965 with Bob Freshley. And I had called the Barrier Congress of America and wanted to put on a regional tournament for the U.S. Open. And Bob Freshly granted me that uh, opportunity. And I have been there since 1965, hand in hand with all the other uh, uh, directors of the BCA. But uh, I, I, I tell you, the real program didn't start until the 90s when John Lewis started and uh, took over the program. In the 80s and 90s, to get certified as an instructor, all you had to do was sit through an hour or a two-hour uh, clinic with Jerry Bryson, and then he would give you a certification that you are now an instructor. Now, you know, in its own right, that that was a good thing, but uh, we, because there wasn't anything else. No, there was nothing else. So Jerry was doing a, a fantastic job of getting instructors out into, the, into a program of some sort. Then in uh, 92, John Lewis started the BCA instructor program, and, and of course there, Jerry Bryson and myself were one of the four original instructors in the program, so that was pretty neat. And then we had guidelines and, and things to go by. So our instructor program actually started in the 80s and 90s with Mr. Bryson, and in the uh, 90s then, there were four, five, six of us instructors working, and now uh, look at what we've got. We've got over, what, 200 yeah. instructors working as the PBIA now. So I think it was, what, 2008 or 2009 where the PBIA took over from the BCA instructor group. So anybody who is still calling themselves a BCA instructor is not in the program because everything now has been transitioned into a PBIA instructor. Uh, that PBIA stands for Professional Billiard Instructors Association. Um, and, and we're real happy now. We've got guidelines, we've got classes, we've got clinics, we've got upgrades. Um, that program in the last five years now has really skyrocketed 
and I like what I see out of our inspectors now. I agree. We're, we are trying to create a program nationwide, if not worldwide, worldwide right. where there is a standard of teaching that someone can expect to gain from going to a PBI instructor. Yeah, and, and there's, there, boy, we've got them in every state now, and, and, and people ask me all the time, big deal, being a certified instructor. Well, big deal, go take your car to a non-certified auto mechanic. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think every group has its good and its bad. Uh, not every one of our instructors are angels, are they? No, they're not. But we strive to, and we, we, have a, we have a program to weed out the poor instructors, and we have the same program to reward the good instructors. But it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. So um, that's a long time. I think I've been with the BCA over 45 years, and, and I've enjoyed every time I've, I've been able to work with them in their committees and in their group. And worldwide, I, I was part of the WPA for a while, too. So, yeah, from Jerry to the PBIA, here we are. Who's, who knows what's next? Yeah, well, the, the future is we certainly need many more instructors. Yeah, and, and I think the crux of this information is if, if you, you want to become an instructor um, and you want to become certified, there are ways of doing that. And, and all you got to do is get a hold of the PBIA. Um, otherwise, if you're instructing and you're not certified, and get more power to you. We well, need that too. We certainly can uh, name a number of great instructors out there who are not currently part of the program. No, and that's a shame, isn't it? But you know, we don't have to have every great instructor in our program. Uh, I would like to think that we do, but, um, oh yeah. I can recommend a couple instructors to go to that are not PBIA instructors, and they will wow you. Uh, they're good people. I agree. Well, well then we'll just uh, keep keep doing what we're doing, and we hope to bring more instructors into the program every year until we have a thousand. Oh, yeah, that would be ideal. All right, for now, this is Randy G. And Scott Lee, and this has been the One Minute Pool Instructor. We'll see you next week, and we're going to talk about... Oh, maybe how about the break shot? Let's talk about the break shot. We'll see you next week. John Mora, welcome to the show, John. Hi, how you doing? Um, crazy that we're both here in the Charlotte airport. Um, I was kind of upset that uh, I ended up in the wrong airport. I, I boarded the wrong plane back in Toronto and I'm on my way to Akron but um, now that I bumped into you I'm a little happier and we can talk about things. Yeah absolutely. I was on my way to Florida to see some family and missed my connection flight with my sister so John and I, I was walking to my gate, John was sitting here having a sandwich, and I said, oh my god, there's, there's John, out of the blue, so uh, really, uh, it's a nice surprise to run into you and be able to reconnect, especially after a uh, really big thing for you, Turning Stone uh, 23 just concluded. You want to talk a little bit about the tournament and how everything went for you, obviously, um, second place, I believe you've 
also taken second once in the past, correct? Yeah, that was my second uh, runner-up at Turning Stone. The first one was back in 2007, um, where Johnny Archer beat me in the final. I was only 17 at the time. And since then, I haven't really had any good results at Turning Stone, except for maybe like a top 16. So uh, to finish second this past weekend it was really big. I, I thought I was going to win. I was really close. Um, I, f I felt really good in the final. I was undefeated up until that point. But um, Jason just edged me out a little bit at the end. And um, overall, I was happy with my performance. Though. I watched a lot of the event on the live stream. I wasn't able to attend in person, but we covered uh, pretty much every day of Turning Stone on NYC Grind. And really remarkable, your match against Mika to make it into the hot seat. Talk a little bit about that match. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy, the match with Mika and the hot seat. Um, the table was racking really good. And, and I give a lot of respect to Mika for that because um, he just racked the balls the way they were supposed to be racked. Where, you know, at Turning Stone, a lot of um, controversy can be over the rack because it's racking for your opponent. And, um, you know, not, not all the players, I'm not going to say any names, want to give their opponent the best rack. It's just it's kind of a thing that our game suffers from still a little bit. But... Um, Mika was a was a gentleman and, and a real professional and racked the balls the best that he could and and I did the same for everyone throughout the tournament and and I respected him a lot for for just being fair about that and with how I was breaking um, I just seemed to be getting a shot after the break and making a ball every time and um, I, I broke around a lot of racks in that match and it was over pretty quickly. Um, I've, I've never beaten him that bad. I have beaten him before in tournaments, but um, it felt good. It gave me a lot of confidence because I know that if I, I let up just for one second, he was capable of doing the same thing. At that stage in the tournament, I, I just know how well he's playing mm -hmm. and that he knows how to win because he, right. he is a champion. Yeah, that, that really does say a lot about you know, the integrity of the best players, they do really do, uh, give their um, honest best. Obviously, it goes without saying, Mika being a world-class uh, and a tremendous influence on pool in this generation, most definitely. Um, and then you went on to play Jason in the final after Jason beat Mika also 9-1. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty impressive um, that right after Jason Shaw did the same thing and even in a quicker amount of time is what I hear. Um, beat him 9-1. Um, after I beat Jason, I just had a feeling that he would come through the loser's bracket and that I'd be playing him again. Um, for whatever reason, I knew that he was, he was playing better than the rest of, of everyone in the tournament. Yeah. And, and he won three matches, and there we were playing in the final. So um, I, I could just picture um, him, him there with me, and 
and I knew that um, it was going to be tough no matter who it was. But, but with Jason, a little tougher because he was the defending champion, and mm -hmm. and he's got so much confidence because of that, being the, sure. the defending champion. And I'm trying to prove a point to win the tournament for my first time. I think there was a little more pressure on me sure, in sure. that match. So. Yeah, it really is a very tough tournament for anybody to win, and you know Jason doing it twice around obviously is impressive. But there are really all, very few people that have um, even won it multiple times, and with the caliber of uh, players in the Northeast too, a number of other players from Canada as well who always come to Turning Stone, and I think the numbers of the Canadian turnout are increasing. Yeah, they they are. It's very close to uh, Canada, Turning mm -hmm. Stone. For me, it's only a five-hour drive from Toronto. And <coughs> for a lot of people that live in Montreal, it's um, about a five-hour drive as well, so it's no problem for them to come down rather than you know going to the U.S. Open where it's a lot further down south. So I know a lot of Canadians like to come out to that event because it's close and because uh, the expense, the expenses aren't too bad, the entry isn't too high, sure. and and it's a nice venue. It's the nicest venue I think for pool. I've always said that since uh, I first attended that tournament. Everything's spaced out well. The seating is there's so many places to sit. It's such a big arena, and I think it's a really good viewership for the people watching. I've only been to Turning Stone once, and the professionalism, the venue, uh, having the live stream be free is obviously great. It's free admission, although the the one uh, challenging point is that it is far out of the way for a lot of people to get to, just in terms of being so far upstate. But makes it all the more you know all the more sweet. But you do still have a, a large turnout of. Um, different levels of players. This event coming up this uh, this weekend with Kings of Vapor starting on Friday. Talk about uh, you know, your relationship with Chad, obviously. Uh, Chad being the owner of Kings of Vapor and Kings of Billiards, and now you're coming into the match after having just played Jason in the final of Turning Stone. Yeah, it's pretty good timing that both Jason and I finished 1-2 at Turning Stone and you know the following week now we're going back to Akron where our sponsor Chad um, lives, Kings of Vapor and Kings of Billiards and we're going there to promote his pool hall which he, um, he put a lot into and it's a very nice little place in Akron and just the amazing part is that um, we're both at the top of our games and it couldn't have worked out any better than for us for us to finish uh, first and second at Turning Stone, and it, it really promotes this exhibition match well. Like if we didn't finish that high in the tournament or have those great results, who knows? Um, you know, the exhibition might not have been such a great success on the pay per view. I think a lot of people are going to be interested now, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are going to want want to watch, especially yeah. the ones that watched the final at Turning Stone. It went very close and. We both didn't really make that very many mistakes. So I know that everyone watching knows that we were both at the top of our game and they're going to be interested to see 
what happens in these um, exhibition matches. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to um, speak with me, and we kind of met up at the perfect timing, and it's, uh, it's awesome that Chad and well, it's really Chad that being the owner of Kings of Billiards is putting on these exhibition matches and going out of his way to uh, support you and uh, obviously Jason Shaw, Mike Deshane, and Earl Strickland are all also part of your team. So I wish you the best of luck in the match and what's going to be coming up next for you after that. Thanks. Um, coming up next for me is going to be the Derby City Classic after these exhibition matches. I'll be playing in all the events, um, as well as the 10-foot 10 10-ball 10 10 tournament, the Bigfoot Challenge, um, the Bank Ring Game, and possibly the Straight Pool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best at the Derby, and I hope your flight to Akron goes smoothly. Both of us have to now catch our flights, uh, hopefully for, the, for real this time. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and thank American Billiard Radio for hosting us. And, uh, yeah, we're signing off here from the Charlotte Airport, and we will catch you next week. I'm Allison Fisher for Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Go Play Pool at Featured Room here on American Billiard Radio. Uh, this week, I'm going to Moline, Illinois, down to Deep Pockets, and I'm talking to the owner, Colin Brandt. How you doing, Colin? Pretty good. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah. So, um, why don't you give us? I know that you guys just opened up, so why don't you uh, let everybody know how it's going and and uh, how 2015 is treating you so far. It's been going great so far. We opened up uh, November 7th of last year. Um, we host tournaments pretty much every other week because there's also a local pool hall here besides us, so we kind of go every other week with them on the big big money added tournaments. We've been averaging anywhere from 60 to 100 for all of our bigger tournaments, so it's been going really good. We've been busy. Nice. That's that's great to uh, start off so well. That, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. We're the only table in the area that offers diamond pool tables, too, so that's a big bonus. Nice. Yeah, you can't beat a diamond, right? <laughs> no. So uh, you mentioned tournaments and everything. What do, what do you have going on in the near future? Uh, on the 24th of January, we have a 2,000-added handicapped eight ball. And then February 7th, we have a women's tournament, which is pretty much going to be the biggest women's tournament ever done in the Midwest. We have a full field of 96. We're adding 2,000 to that as well. And, I mean, women are coming from Colorado, Ohio, Kansas, all over. It's going to be a pretty big women's tournament. We've got quite a bit of coverage coming for that, too. Nice. Yeah, and I wish you wouldn't have NYC Grind is coming to do a write-up on it. And uh, Great. we'll be streaming live all day for that, too. So you'll be able to watch it no matter where you're at. 
No, yeah, definitely. So I will uh I will put that on my list of things to to do. Well, cool. So um do you you mentioned that um you had leagues and stuff. Um yeah, or, we, we have yeah. le- we have leagues almost every night of the week. We have ABA mm-hmm. leagues, we have ACS leagues, we have the NEA Valley leagues, and we're in the process of starting an in-house BCA league because there's no BCA leagues currently around our area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're staying busy. I mean, we're definitely trying to keep pool on the map around here. All right. Great. Um, so so what else do you have to offer offer your customers? You guys serve food and we serve like bar food. We have pizzas, and we also do uh, shrimp baskets and stuff like that. Just pretty very minimal bar food. Yeah. We also offer darts. We have darts and dart leagues as well. And we right. also uh, Illinois just legalized gambling, so we now have slot machines as well. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's worth a trip for a loan just for that, right? All right. <laughs> you get pool and booze and gambling all at the same time. Well. Definitely. How can you go wrong? <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, I might uh, I might have to uh, have you have you filled the women's tournament field yet? <laughs> There's about eight spots left. Hmm. <laughs> I think at last count we had eighty eight people. Nice. And it's still still a few weeks away, so I'm pretty sure it'll be full. Yeah. Well, uh, if I win the lottery, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> we've got actually we've we've got a couple of pro women signed up. Liz Lovely signed up, and Nicole Keeney from Colorado signed up. Oh, cool. be a big tournament. Awesome. Well, uh, I I wish you the best of luck with that one, and the uh, also the one on the twenty fourth too. That's on the oh yeah, the men's tournaments always go over great for us. I mean, we the least we've had is sixty <laughs> for all the men's tournaments we've thrown so far. So it's going well. And I, I also saw on uh, your post on Facebook that uh, for anyone that is going to attend the tournament from out of town that um, they can get a discount at uh, the Best Western. Oh, yeah. Our, there's the closest hotel to me is the Best Western, and I've worked out a deal with them that we offer room discounts there when you mention Deep Pockets Billiards. That's great. And then the, the rooms go from 129 to 79 so that's like a pretty significant discount. Oh, wow. Wow, big yeah. time. That's cool. Well, that's, yeah. that's really neat. Awesome. They're loving well, uh, me right now because we, yes. show, we show their hotel up every time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, thank you very much. Yeah, so, totally. That's cool. Well, literally, it's three blocks from my pool hall, too, so it's pretty convenient. Hey, walking distance, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Pouring, you know, yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, anything else that uh, that you want to let people know about? No, I mean, I'm just I'm happy to talk to you guys. Thanks for taking the time to think about us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why don't you Why don't you let everybody know where you're located and how they can get in touch with you? Deep Pockets Billiards is located in Moline, Illinois, at 3810 27th Street. We are open every day, noon till 3 a.m., except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Come on down, check us out. All right. Well, uh, we're going to put up a limited profile for Deep Pockets on the Go Play Pool app, so you'll be able to get in touch with them that way. And, uh, again, um, thank you for for, uh, getting on the phone with me today, Colin, and and letting everybody know about Deep Pockets. uh, Appreciate it. All right. Hope to finally meet you in person someday, man. 
Yes, we. I, I'm sure I'll, I'll venture out that way eventually. You know, sounds <laughs> good. I'm looking forward to visiting the Midwest because the pool is pool is pretty big out there. So, uh, oh, it's one of these There's days. nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so dang cold out there. <laughs> yeah. Eight uh, today. <laughs> no, thank you. I think it's like uh, sixty something right now. Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, I sure appreciate your time, and uh, I look forward to to visiting the room one day. Sounds good. Thanks, Mary. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another Go Play Pool app featured room right here on American Billiard Radio. back to American Billiard Radio and Happy New Year to everybody. This is the Legends and Champions Report brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. I'm your host, Mark Cantrell. And we just got out of the Turning Stone Week and uh, hopefully I think at some point we're going to try and get Jason Shaw on the, the show to talk about his experience there. But the next thing that's coming up on the Pool and Billiard calendar is uh, Pool Action TV. They're doing another one of their fight nights, and it's going to be a race to. Well, I tell you, I'll get to that in a second. It's going to be with uh, Chris Bartram and Jonathan Pinnegar, Jonathan Hennessy, whichever one you prefer to go with. And so, why I have is uh, I have Chris Bartram on the line with me right now to have a little chat about that. How you doing, Chris? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Um, th- this is uh, you, you're in a lot of action most of the time. I think, right? That's mainly what you do these days. Yeah, I do mostly action. I do action and tournaments as well, but I prefer action. Well, it seems like uh, there's no choice. <laughs> there's, there's more action around than there is tournaments. Yeah, and if you go to tournaments, you got to play like Shane to make any money. Yeah. Well, that, that's and that's something else that we can probably get into. That you, you and uh, Hennessy are going to be playing against each other. You're going to be playing. Let's see, a race to eighty over two days. Yep. And you're going to play to forty racks each day. So first guy to forty, and then and yep, then you and take, take a break. break. Yep, and then come back the next day. Yep. Okay, and. Ten ball. Now, how did you guys come about this this match? First of all, what made these rules ten ball? I mean, there's something here that's a little quirky to me, Chris. It's not really quirky. It's just different. That is spe- uh, specified, and that is you're playing ten ball and using a wooden rack. No, actually, he had that. He has it on there wrong. We're going to use a magic rack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He had it. He had it on there wrong. We're gonna use the magic rack. We both agreed oh. to that. All right. I was just wondering why why it wouldn't rack. Why was that specified? So. Yeah, I don't know why he put that on there, but um, 
we weren't sure at first we were just going to use a regular rack or the magic rack, and uh, we both decided to play with the magic rack. And you're going to rack your own? Yeah, yep, rack your own with the magic rack. Um, I don't know every bit of rules, but I believe the 10 won't count on the break and call shot. Okay. And now if you and uh, Jonathan talked about this between each other to come up with these rules, or is a big thought? Kind of uh, us talking to each other and also going through Ray as well. Um, just a combination of both, yeah. The, the, the only rule... I'm not really picky on all the rules. Just I just didn't want to play on new cloth. That's the only thing I, I didn't want. And so we're going to play on a table that has somewhat worn out cloth. Okay. And you, and you, uh, you're playing at JLB's in uh, Nashville. Or is, it, what's it, is it Madison? Is that actually it? Yeah, it's a little suburb of Nashville. I think that it might be right. It might be Madison. It's probably about 10 or 15 minutes from uh, downtown Nashville. And you will be starting, let me see, this is on, uh, it's coming up on Monday, the 19th and 20th. Yep, Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Now, you, you've played Hennessy before, right? I, I yep. call him Hennessy. I don't even know, I'm going to have to ask him. Does he like me call Hennessy, Pentagon? Yeah, he goes by Hennessy. We all call him Hennessy. So now you guys have played before, though? Yeah, yep. How's that worked out? The last time we played, he won in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and we played years ago. Well, that's been years ago because, like I said, I haven't played him for many years. And then before that, we played in Chattanooga, and I won. And we played once on the bar table, and he won. So you kind of splitting it a little bit? Um, Just tough matches. You know, he's a good player. He's tough to beat. You, you always you always play ten ball or well, yeah I think we've always played ten ball maybe once was nine ball but I can't remember because you know about ten years ago we played more nine ball then we started playing ten ball so ten ball has been maybe the last eight or ten years for the most part the last eight or ten years something like that I mean I haven't played nine ball much for a while I know it just it just sounds funny saying eight or ten years because. I mean, how old were you 10 years ago? Uh, 20, I just turned 38, so I would have been 28. Okay. Oh, jeez. Amazing how time flies. Yep, I'm getting up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, kidding no more. Um, with, the, with the magic rack, mm-hmm. what do you see? Do you see an advantage there using the magic rack, or do you think he's just keeping it fair? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't get you on that one. Do you see an advantage to using the magic rack? Uh, advantage, like for me, or just advantage in general? In general, you yeah. Know, and the right, reason I like it, I like it for ten ball because you know a lot of times when you go and play somebody on their home table or or a table that they play on, that the tables normally get all the play on them and they don't rack that well. So with the magic rack and ten ball, you know it's going to be bad. You don't have to worry about spending five minutes over the rack and all that kind of stuff. So it speeds up play quite a bit. Oh, you still there? Yeah, I am. Sorry. Okay, you know, no problem. Do, do, do you know what kind of table you play on? We're going to play on a diamond, um, just like the ones they play at the Derby, I believe. Um, four and a half inch pocket. Um 
it's going to be not new cloth. That's one thing I know. Okay. And I, so I you, prefer I prefer smaller pockets. I prefer, you know, whatever, four inch, four and a quarter, something like that, four and an eighth. But uh, I'm okay playing on four and a half. So we got Magic Rack, Rack Your Own. Mm-hmm. Nine foot diamond table. I'm trying. I'm trying to think whether where, where there's any kind of an angle for either of you to be have any kind of an advantage. Do you see an advantage you, that you have in this match? Uh, as far as the table and all that stuff, it's it's even. We both play on these tables all the time. He's probably played more at Jobs than me because it's closer to his home. You know, probably about an hour from where he lives, but. That's no big deal. Um, it's just going to be whoever plays the best should win. And you guys, uh, the entry fee, I guess that might be the legal term now that we've got to use, is the entry fee is $10,000 a person? Yeah, per man, yep. So nobody wants to really lose. It's not like you're playing for, you know... No, heck for no. Not, for, for nothing. I mean, you don't want to lose no. anyhow, but, I mean... Yeah, indeed. I know. I'm sure we'll have a lot more bet than that as far as side bets are concerned. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a match I don't want to lose, that's for sure. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a, a, a good match. Um, it should be. You never know how, how it goes when two good players play. It could come down 80 to 75 or 78, and then somebody could, you know, get a few rolls and break and run some racks, and it could be 80 to 50. You just never know. Is, is there a weakness, you think, that you – that uh, Jonathan has? Uh, I, I don't see too many weaknesses in his game, just maybe his head, you know, his his mental game, but I feel like he's gotten better with that. So, he, you know, he don't really have too many weaknesses other than, than at times, you know, he'll let people bother him, like somebody walking by or something like that, you know, kind of gets him going. If somebody walks by when he's shooting, you know, little stuff like that. Right. Is, is but, there uh, any... I, I don't expect an honest answer from you, Chris, here, but is there anything you see that he has an advantage over you with? Um, his advantage, um, I can't think offhand. You know, maybe he's capable of, of hitting a higher gear, you know, like people would say where a guy gets into, like, dead stroke, where, you know, they might go hours without missing, just firing everything in. He might do that better than me. I'm a little more conservative and... I might play safe here and there, you know, so I don't get in quite as many uh, gears, you know, like hitting high gears like that. That might be his advantage is he might have a higher gear when he's uh, comfortable. Are you, are you planning on – now, things are going to run into the early hours of the morning, I'm guessing, just because you're starting at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. and playing to 40. Now, if it's close – that, I mean, that that could be almost 80 racks. If, if it's real close, I'm not expecting that, but that could be almost 80 racks. Yeah, so yeah, it could, it could, you know, it could take, I don't see it taking more than eight hours a day. Because if but you start, know. well, if you, okay, more than eight hours a day, you're starting at six, that puts you at four in the morning. No, uh, six, wouldn't that put us to Oh, sorry, sorry, two, two in the morning, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. and... We're both warriors as far as gambling's concerned. We both play long sessions, so that's not going to be any issue at all for either one of us. Do you do, you do anything 
particular for to set yourself up for something like that? Yeah, I no. think actually for my own. I don't really, I don't get action. Nothing like you guys get action or anything like that. But you know, do you say, hey, okay, I'm not doing nothing. I'm sitting in the hotel room, and I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna order myself some pizza, and and I'm not gonna do anything and just sleep all day long until the time comes. Well, what I'll try to do if I can get on the schedule, and you can't always get on the schedule, is if we're gonna start at six. I'll probably my preferred time I'd get up about two, maybe two or three, get in get you know, move around, get around, eat, and then get in there around four thirty or five, start hitting you know, have enough time to hit balls for at least an hour. But yeah, I would like to sleep to about two or so if I start playing at six. Okay. So well, you know, I'll I'll stay up extra late. You know, like, you know, if I'm ready to go to bed at eleven or twelve, I'll try to stay up a few extra hours that way I can sleep later. Well, it sounds like it's going to be, again, I think it's going to be a great match. Um, just to let everybody know, this is a uh, Pool Action TV production. Uh, a lot of people you know, uh, Ray Hansen, uh, also known as Big Truck. And mm-hmm. uh, you can find it, all the information, any information that you need is going to be at PoolActionTV.com. They have a Facebook page, which is also Pool Action TV. Um it's on Monday the 19th and 20th, starting at 6 p.m. at JLB's in Nashville or Madison, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. It's $15 per day. Jonathan Hennessy, Chris Bartram. It's going to be, it's going to be a fantastic uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday. I was going to say weekend, but... Playing on a Monday and Tuesday, I don't know. That's a you don't often see that. Usually over a weekend, doesn't it, Chris? Yes, but uh, the tournament's going on all weekend, so we figured we didn't want to try to have to work around our tournament matches and take breaks, especially with us having it on the stream. So it worked out better to do it on Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us, Chris, and uh, telling us a little bit of your thoughts and insights as, as to. Uh, what's going to be going on, and I wish you the best of luck, and if you feel generous enough to uh, ship me, you know, a little bit of something, something, when, you know, if you win, I'll be fine with that as well. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I guess that's a no. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I win. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, best of luck to you, and uh, I will speak to you again real soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. All right. Bye. Well, We'll be right back with uh, Jonathan Hennessy. Um, we're going to get his uh, input on on the rest of uh, you know his side of things as soon as we get uh, back from the from the break. So thank you all for listening, and we'll be right back. This is the Legends and Champions Report on American Bleed Radio. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is part two of the Legends and Champions Report. And we began with uh, Chris Bartram talking about 
the upcoming match that will be on PoolActionTV.com. Uh, that's a pink truck, Ray Hansen production. And um, Jonathan Hennessy and Chris Bartram is a $10,000 entry. And um, I've got the other end of this action on the phone, Mr. Jonathan Hennessy. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Um, just want to kind of run through some of this stuff that's going on here. I mean, you've got uh, a 10 ball uh, raised to 80. Yes, sir. Call your shot. Call shot, yeah. Call shot is like, uh, say I'm shooting a five ball in the corner and I miss it and I, I crap it in somewhere else. He can, he's got an option to either give me the shot or he can shoot it. It's like take a little bit of the luck out of the game. Right, it seems like a lot of people in uh, uh, higher-end players are kind of going more towards cold shot. They, they like that a little bit better than the other way. Yeah, because you don't want to be 79 79 and the guy missed the five ball or the six ball and, you know, it goes three rails in the side or three in the corner and lose that way at least. You know what I mean? You get beat by a good play instead of getting crapped out on. Uh, now, how did these rules come about? Did you and Chris talk about them, or did... Um, me and Chris has played, you know, probably five or six times gambling, and every time we play, we always played, uh, but like maybe one time we played, like, you know, luck counted, but all the other times I've always been, like, call shot or, um, you know, we played gentleman's game. I asked Chris the same question. How was your record? He kind of went through how he... Uh, remembered uh, your previous matches. You played, played a few times before. How how uh, how do you think it came out? Are you a favorite in this? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we played like I said, like five or six times, and I think he beat me once. And I think he beat me in Chattanooga one time. We played like thirty hours, and uh, actually I got sick, and then in the middle of the match, and he ended up beating me. But he's a great player. He, he ain't no pushover. I mean. I still got to play my game. I mean, it's. I think I got a little the best of it, or I wouldn't be playing. Um, but I mean, like I said, I I think he's beat me once, and I beat him like I think three or four times. Um, last time we played, we played in Mobile, raced to 150, and I beat him uh, 150 to like one 124 or something like that. But oh, I got way wow. I got way ahead the first day. You know, play a race of 50 each day. We played three days. You know, once you get to 50, you just restart and come back the next day. And uh, I had them 44 and 14 the first day. 44 then, uh, to 14? Yeah. Oh, geez. But, I mean, it ended up like 50 to 20, I think 50 to 22 or something like that. And then uh, the second day, it was like 100 to 85. And then... Then we got down closer to the end of the match, like 110. It was like 110, 108. And then I ended up winning 150 to like 120, 124, I think it was. But uh, he he ain't going to give up. He never gave right. up the whole time. I mean, I was 30 games winner the first day. Yeah, that's... And I still, and I still only come out 20-something games winner. So if he had started off better the first day, it would have been a lot closer. Well, and he playing, uh, again, he playing winter break, which you know, helps if you can start stringing racks together. Yeah, you know, ten balls more ten balls more of a you're gonna have a lot of safeties and you're gonna you're not gonna have a bunch of runouts. You're gonna be playing safe and 
you know, trying to outmove each other to, to win the games. I mean, you know, 10 ball is just a little tough. Now, 9 ball, you're going to be a bunch of packages put on each other. But 10 ball, you're going to get to shoot, you know, every two or three games anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, with you're playing, and I asked uh, Chris this, and I'm, I'm just interested, and I think that people who listen will probably be interested, you know, even though we don't get in the same kind of grind-it-out action that you guys get into, um, you, your matches are starting at 6 p.m., yes, and it's sir. going to 40 each day, which... Makes the 40 each day, yeah. Which, in all reality, could end up 39 to 40. If it's nip and tuck, how long yeah. could that? How long is that race going to be? I mean, uh, if it went if it went hill hill the first day, I mean, or it could go eighty to seventy nine. I mean, that's I mean probably uh, let's say a race of forty by last by eight or ten hours. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris has said eight hours, so I said that only puts you at two in the morning. But is there uh-huh. something that you do? Because uh, I know everybody knows you know stranger to uh, this kind of action. Yeah, is we're it, we're both used to the late night action and staying up and playing, and um, you know it's not like a tournament where you got to get up at twelve or one and have a match played by one or something. We're we're both prone to you know playing late night matches, and we're both known as you know big gamblers too. So. Well, how you, how you how do you prepare yourself for something like that? And again, it's the same question I asked Chris. Do you, do you sleep do you sleep until two in the afternoon and then get up, or how do you get yourself prepared for something like that? Because at some yeah, point I, you get tired. Right. Yeah, I make sure that I I usually get up, you know, a couple two or three hours before the match and go get me something good to eat and maybe you know relax, go get something to eat, and relax, come back and maybe you know practice for. 30, 45 minutes before we start and, you know, just get your eyes tuned in and ready to go. But, yeah, like like you said, you don't want to get up at, you know, 12 and have to play at 6 and be wore out by the time you get toward the end of the match. Right. You want to stay fresh. Exactly. I drink, I, drink a, I drink a lot of water, too, or Gatorade and, you know, like Nutrigrain bars while I'm playing the match. Just kind of keep some energy. Right. Are you, uh, are you, do you think that the magic crack is going to make much of a difference, or yeah, is I think the reason magic... you guys came with them, came with the magic crack? Uh, well, well, we 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 both hadn't probably played on this table very much, and uh, you know that way we both get the same rack. You know, one of us ain't getting a bad rack, the other guy's getting a good rack. That way, it just kind of equals it out a little bit. Fair for both of us. Right. And, and is there a, is there an advantage you think you have over Chris at this point? Is it you know like break stamina? Um, is there anything that you can in your mind you think you have an advantage over him with? Now, I think I probably break the balls a little better than he does, and probably shot making, um, breaking, shot making, and probably jumps, kicks is probably if we both kicking at the ball is probably. It's close. He might have a little edge. Um, safeties, maybe you know, it's safeties are probably you know, it's probably pretty close there too. But uh, all aspects of the game, I think I'm probably just a, I think I'm just a little bit better player. Which not taking nothing away from him because he's he's been through the same situation I have. He's he's been with everybody. Me and him, 
hate too many Americans that get up there and just play everybody. You know, I fight Shane Van Bonin. I beat him the first six times we ever played playing even. And then he goes and wins the U.S. Open. Um, seems like everybody I beat goes and wins the U.S. Open. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, I can't beat Shane now because he puts so much time into it. And uh, this is before I had my pool room. And, like, I work, you know, 10 or 12 hours a day at minimum. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Not in every, I mean, I got a nine-foot diamond at my house. And I can take a picture of it. And it's got stuff all over the top of it. I don't even get to play on it. But well, you, you, play, middle, you, you play a lot of the pool room, though? Um, I don't really get to play there that much. Every time I get to try to hit some balls or something, I'm having to do something for somebody or, you know, because if I'm there, they think I'm there working. Right. So. John Schmidt did the same thing. You know, when he uh, got, his, was it Wheeling? He got, he got pulled in there in Wheeling. And right. uh, he ended up, he, he, he said, I'm, I'm a sandwich maker. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I'm a cook. I'm a cook doing anything else. But yeah. it, it, it sounds like it's going to be uh, an eventful couple of days. Yeah, it's so, going to be. It's going to be a. It's going to be a nail biter. That's what we want, though. We want people. You know, the closer it is, the more they're going to watch it. If it's a blowout, then they're not going to. They don't want to. You know, sit and watch it. But which a lot of people are still sit and watch it, but. More people's gonna watch it if it gets down like seventy seventy. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, and I'd I'd like to agree with you, and, and you're probably right. That my only thing is there was the famous match with uh, Shane, who you just mentioned, and Alex Pagawaya. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I think uh, Shane was ahead. I I I can't actually remember. He was at race to one hundred. Shane was ahead like ninety six to sixty or something. And Alex came back and won. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Um, yeah, I think I remember it. Yeah, it's been, it it's been a, a while. Years years ago. Ago. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been, say, a couple, two or three years ago. Yeah, they oh, played yeah. in Chattanooga, too, one time, and uh, Alex talked them into playing with uh, no jump cues. And uh, Alex beat them pretty bad, though, when they both uh, was having to kick at everything. Cause, you know, Alex, he's they kick so good. Yeah, well, I, I don't you know what it jump, is. You take a jump cue away from somebody that jumps real good versus somebody that kicks good. The guy that kicks better is probably going to win most of the time. Now, in this match, are you guys able to use jump cues? Yeah, yeah. We're using whatever you bring, jump cues, yeah. all that, yeah. Baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right. Whatever you got in your case, pull it out and use it. That's the way I look at it. I mean, because there is an art to jumping, you know. You can't well, beat it. Well, I mean, yeah. Jumping, I think I jump a little better than he does, too. But kicking, he may he may kick a little better. I'm not sure. But, you know, when you're a good player, you don't think anybody's going to do anything better than you. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, an, like I said, it's going to be an interesting match. And, you know, a lot of it's, uh, you know, with a with a long race, like, it, it is a long race. It's not a super long race. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good race for me and him, though, because you know it's not near like what we played last time. We played race to one fifty, so that was a that was a drawn out match. There, it was. I mean, you got to have some stamina to do that. We play like twelve hours each day, three days in a row. 
Yeah, and, and so you've got to kind of look at those longer races. or Even in a race to each, there's two ways of looking at it. And I, I guess one is if you get behind by a whole chunk of, of, of games, you've got time to come back. Yeah, you still got time. You can't get no hurry. But you want to start off with a big lead, you know what I'm saying? That way it makes them, puts a little pressure on them to have the, you know. Right, psychologically. Like I like mm-hmm. say, psychologically, if you're behind a whole bunch of racks, you, your mindset's going to be a couple of different things. Is it going to be, well, I'm, I'm so far behind, there ain't no way I can right. come back. Another thing you look at, too, though, is say the guy's behind, right? And the guy that's been ahead the whole time, the guy that's coming back, he finally gets it within, like, you know, say two or three games, and he's been down 10 or 12 games the whole time. Well, you know who the pressure's on now? The guy that's been up the whole time. Right. Because yeah. the guy that's coming back, he's got a little momentum coming, and the guy that's been ahead the whole time, he, he's not he's not feeling it like he did. You know? Well, he's, he's that, um, I've said it before, and I'm, I'm not the first one to say, the toughest game is to win are the first one or the last one. Yeah, sometimes it's right. Hey. The last game's really tough to win. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I that's why I, I promise you, you can ask anybody in the country. I do not give up. I don't care if you got me ten to nothing going eleven. I'm not going to give up. And when you're ahead, and the if, guy, if that guy know. won ten in a row, what says I can't make win ten in a row? Right. Yeah. Mm. The guy's creeping out. You've been ahead the whole time. You got one rat to win mm-hmm. for the cheese, and and this guy is just. Chopping away, and you know, and he's got to come into people's minds, you know. Oh my God, he's, don't don't let this guy come back. That's right. I can't let this guy come back, and that's the psychological you, you effect put pressure on you. On yourself too. You're putting exactly. pressure on yourself when you're you're doing that. So, best thing to do is go regroup and wash your face off, and you know, just kind of forget about it. Just say at the like say at the start of the match, you, you would want to be in that position. You know what I'm saying? Like. Okay, I'm on the hill, and this guy needs three. I mean, at the start of the match, you would love to have that. So that's right. how I look at it. Did, did, did you know is there a, a dog, a cover charge, or anything at GLBs? A what? Is there going to be a cover charge at GLBs? You know? No, it's free. It's free to come in and watch. You can. It don't cost anything. Actually, uh, for the, uh, I think you have to pay to come in to like watch the tournament and stuff. So. Like me and him be playing on that uh, Monday and Tuesday afterwards, so no, it's free to come in and watch us. But okay. if you uh, if you uh, want to watch it online, internet, then you have to pay to watch it. But right. um, if you're in the area, all you can do is stop in and watch. Now, are you going to go to W City after that? Yes, sir. What are you playing in there? Um, I'm playing all three events. I almost won the all around in '08. I got second in the all around by half a point. I got third in the banks, fifth in the one pocket, and fifth in the nine ball. Wow. Yeah. What was that, last year? 08. Oh, yeah, I won the yeah. I won Music City Open that year, and then I won the U.S. Bar Table Championships uh, nine ball that year, and then I got, like, uh, like third in the no, – I got, I got fifth in the eight ball, and I got third in the ten ball, and I won the all-around. Shane, Shane won the uh, – Shane won the ten ball and I got like third in the ten ball and I won the nine ball. Gabe got second. Gabe Owen and uh, Mitch Ellington won the eight ball. And, uh, but I won the all around. I had Shane was to my left and Mitch was to my right and I got two trophies and 
me and Shane, because we'd been gambling a lot at the same time, and um, we both made each other play better, you know. Right. And uh, but I had I won the all around in the nine ball, and then I went to Derby and almost won the all around there too. That's a, that's an exhausting uh, tournament as well, isn't it, Lord of Man? When you start Derby. playing, in, yeah, 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 it's ten days. Which I'm a kind of player. The longer I play, the better I get. Oh well, there you go. You know that's why I always I always do good in the nine ball at Derby. Uh, I've done real good in the banks four or five times. Um, in the nine ball, the last wish I was I'm sure there's a way I can look it up, but the last ten years in the nine ball, I bet I hadn't done no worse than fifteenth. No worse than fifteenth. Right? I mean, I've I've gotten a top ten about every year. That's good. How many? How many did you get entry in that? that is, I mean, it's a big. Uh, a, like over three hundred, like close yeah, to four hundred, right? I was gonna say that's a big, you know, big deal. You get to buy, you buy back in though as well. Yeah, though, it's yeah. race of seven too. It's tough to really do that good in a race of seven that many years. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you got to, you got to be right on top. The guy that plays the seven or the or more under, you could still beat you in a race of seven. But, you know, right. if it's a race to, race to 21, then the guy that's getting the seven is probably not going to win. But in a race of seven, it's, it's so much tougher to win because if the guy gets you two or three to nothing, then now look, it's tough. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, not easy. it's not easy to come back. Um, yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't remember if they do. Is it winter break, alternate break? It's a winter break. Uh, it's winter break. Uh, I think it's right for each other. Cool. Man, there's a lot of controversy about that racket. Unless yeah. unless you're playing on the TV table and then the you know the ref. Uh, Somebody's uh, racking for you. Yeah, when it gets down toward the end. Yeah. They can't do well, it like when all the matches are going on, but um, I'm pretty sure it's wrecked for each other, if I ain't mistaken. No, it's wrecked your own. I think it is wrecked your own. I don't know. I've played so many tournaments, man. I can't never remember one from one to the other. Yeah, you got to get that figured out. <laughs> yeah, but I know uh, the Reno, the U.S. Bar Table Championship, it's wrecked your own. Um, I haven't been into it in a couple of years. I had a mad motorcycle wreck uh, last August, what, 2013. Uh, broke twenty four bones at once. So I'm wow. just now getting now I'm just now getting back where I'm close to a hundred percent but the doctor told me I probably wouldn't ever get a hundred percent but um where, where do you I'm, break I'm the up, bones? Where the, where do you my, break the bones? I broke my C one, C two in my neck. Um I broke my T two through T nine in my back, down the spinal down the spinal cord up top. And I broke fourteen ribs in my left shoulder. And they couldn't do that. They couldn't do anything about my ribs because they, I mean, they can't, no, can't do anything about that. Yeah, they just yeah. had to heal up themselves. I had to wear yeah. a body cast. I had to wear a body cast. I had to wear a halo. You know what a halo is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they screw into your skull and then screw in the back of it. And you got these rods that come down and hook to your yeah. chest brace and back brace. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, well, I've seen, I've seen people wearing them. Uh, I've had yeah, broken ribs. Never had to do any of that other stuff. Yeah, you see that—that's kind of amazing that you came back from that. Yeah, because well, the, the bones in the back of your neck, just mm-hmm. cueing when you're looking up, bending down and looking up at the same time. That—that uh-huh. that, 
there's something there. Anybody who can can see that there's something. If it's a back your neck, you're bending down and looking up. That's not going to be comfortable, and it's, you could lose no, some it movement. Took me, it took me, yeah, I don't have full movement. I have like probably like I could probably move like maybe like sixty or seventy percent right now. And oh, I mean, like some days are better than others. It depends on the weather. You know, if it's like raining and real cold or you know something like that, and I feel aches a little bit. But if it's nice out, I, I feel pretty good. <clears throat> Well, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, can't give up. I've never been the person to give up. I mean, I'm glad that you got over it. That's well, over it as best as you can. You got lucky, you know. Look uh-huh. at um, um, you saw Scott Frost broke his wrist, um, different reasons, but he broke uh-huh. his hand and wrist. And uh, the doctor said that you know you might not ever be able to you know make a bridge again and all kinds of oh, stuff. Uh, yeah, I know they told me that I'd probably never be able to play pool or say I like to play golf too. And uh, they said, oh no, you'll never be able to play golf or pool probably again. And this is when I was in the halo, and I mean it tore me up. So when they told me that, I, it just made me stronger and want to do it even more. So. But is that affected you? And how much has it affected your game prior, as, as opposed to what it was like before? Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not playing as good as I was. I'm probably like, like I said, I'm probably right around eighty percent. But I just. Well, when you play pool, it's about if you give up or not. You know what I mean? If you don't give up, it don't mean you still can't win. Right. I I still know how to play the game. I still know what to do. I didn't lose that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, a big part of it as well, you know, knowing what well, like, you're doing. Just, just I might have lost, I might have lost something, you know, like from before, like you know, maybe a shot making ability or something, but I might have gained something and something else. Right. So my game could be better now, really, than it was before. Do stuff a little better now than I did before because before I might shoot something different. Now I have to shoot something else. Like, you see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm other games could be better. Parts of my game could be better in another part than, like, saying, you know, like, when I jack up over a ball or something, it don't really bother me too bad, but instead of shooting at it and missing it, I might just play safe now. Right. Well, I I'm not going to try and compare what happened to you any, in any way. To what happened. I, mean, I broke my hand. I like playing golf as well. I broke uh-huh. my hand, and it was in a cast. And I and so I come play, and then it was I was always um, and always been a little bit scared of. It feels like his tender is somehow that he's fragile. So yeah. I had to change my I had to change my grip. But I changed my grip. I played better. That's right. I mean, sometimes it, it goes to for better, you know. Yeah. Happened for a reason. That's what they say. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Well, listen. I tell you what. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, Jonathan, and spending the time with us. Um, for everybody out there, PoolActionTV.com on Monday, the 19th, 6 p.m., to the and, and then uh, Race to 40, and then on the 20th, they'll play another Race to 40 or the, to the end of you know, whoever wins at, at that point. It's uh, at GOB's in Nashville, $15 yes, per day. $40 for the whole thing. I think it's going to be a, a lot of entertainment uh, for, for your money's worth, that's for sure, because it, 
like we said, this could turn into uh, an eight-hour, ten-hour ordeal. And if you love watching pool at its finest, then this would be a good uh, good chance. So thanks to uh, Ray Handsome, Big Truck, and Pool Action TV uh, for putting it, uh, you know, trying to get this thing out there for us all to watch. And thanks, uh, thanks to you, Jonathan, for spending the time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, is no there anyone you'd like time. to? Uh, any sponsors you'd like to just say hello to or thank? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Tony Hargain, as in uh, Hustlin' USA, uh, Patrick Devaney, Custom Cues. He's the one that builds my cues that I play with. He's been sponsoring me since, like, 07. And uh, a shout-out to my pool room in Manchester, Tennessee, called Lucky Break. Anybody that wants to play some, all they got to do is show up, and uh, we can make a game and make it happen. And... Uh, as long Johnny as you're not Brumley. making sandwiches. Huh? As long as you're not making sandwiches, you'll play That's sometimes. right. Yeah, I have somebody else to do that. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Johnny Brumley, he's uh, one of my uh, sponsors also. And uh, Justin Sanders, he's one of my sponsors also. Um, and I guess that's about it. All right. Well, again, thanks a lot for your time, Jonathan. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Good luck on Monday, and, uh, and maybe we'll see afterwards. Uh, maybe we can. Are you be a derby? Final. You coming to the derby? No, I'm not coming to the derby. I, I, I lose all my money when I go to the derby. <laughs> it's like it's like, but it's, it's like a black cloud. Yeah, it's, on only, my head. it's only like three hours for me, so it's like my back door. So yeah, I'm in Arizona. It's going to cost me probably two, three thousand just to come and hang out there, and then I meet up with somebody like you, and then you're going to rob me for the rest of it. So right, right. <laughs> but you, you take it easy, my friend, and uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking real soon. Maybe we'll see after this. Maybe we'll get you back on and talk about uh, how things went. Uh, you know, let's see if you you can knock this one out. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. And. Uh-huh. For, for everybody out there, just uh, wanted to make sure that I mentioned uh, Chris Bartram. Wanted to make sure that everybody heard about Diamond uh, Billiard sponsors, Diamond Billiard and OBQs. OBQs, uh, as we all know, are great for the sport. Diamond are great for the sport, and uh, back it up with their money. So, um, Chris wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. But that is it. Uh, I think you've got all the information you need. Monday. Cool Action TV, Ray Hansen, Big Truck, the 19th and the 20th, 6 p.m. Uh, Jonathan Hennessy and Chris Bartram playing table. Make sure that you give uh, Pat Devaney and Tony Hargain a shout-out, too, for me. You just did that, didn't you? Yeah, I, I just, just let them know again, just make sure they, they do me real good, and um, it would never happen without them. Okay, but, uh, thanks, thanks to those guys. All right, thanks. And that, hey, that's buddy. it. See you later, man. All right, bye. And that's it for the Legends and Champions Report on American Billion Radio, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. Um, looking forward to Monday. We'll uh, see what happens. And until then, I will see you all next week. Yeah. Man, 20 plus years.
blood, sweat, and tears. Retired on.